Welcome to the OnScript podcast, your home for world-class conversations on scripture and theology, where you get to meet some of the best in the field. Visit us at onscript.study. Say hello on Twitter at OnScript Podcast and stop by our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OnScript. Hey OnScript listeners, this is Matt Lynch coming to you from Cheltenham in the UK where I work at Westminster Theological Center. I am a co-host of the podcast with Aaron Heim at Denver Seminary, Drew Johnson at the King's College in New York City, Matt Bates at Quincy University in Illinois, and last but not least, Chris Tilling at St. Melitus here in the UK as well. And we have a very special episode for you. I won't spoil it by giving away all the content here in the intro because you probably just want to get on listening to it. Uh, But I also want to say thank you uh, for the production of this episode to Ed Hatke and also to Tommy Mullman for his marketing help. And congrats to him on getting into Duke Divinity School where he's going to be doing his second master's degree. And uh, as a reminder to all of you, if you feel compelled and would like to give and support what we're doing here at OnScript, you can go over to onscript.study forward slash donate, where you will find all the information you need and more. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, OnScript listeners. We have a very special guest this week, Professor Irvine Shablatsam, who brings a range of expertise and insight that's almost unparalleled in the field of biblical studies. Professor Shablatsam has a PhD in physics and a PhD in theology, and is interested in how those two fit together. He's the author of numerous articles and books, but his most recent is The Apostle Paul, Multiverse Theory and the Journey of the Inner Soul, published in 2018. Professor Shablatsam, welcome to OnScript. Welcome. So, physics and theology, what led you to bring these two divergent topics into conversation? <clears throat> well, it's a very good question. Um, um, uh, is it okay to call you Matthew? Yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's yeah. okay. <clears throat> um, science, as you well know, is made up of parts, and one of that part is physics. And I think a lot of Christians are attracted to the understanding of how science actually blends together with 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 the bible mm-hmm. and for me <clears throat> i've always seen that as a one of these areas where really someone of 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 so who someone who wants to challenge you know an intellectual mm-hmm. challenge can yeah. wrestle with two yeah. parts of that and for me physics and the you know the physical world and you know all the things that come with that mixed with theology particularly i mean some parts of the bible are pretty easy other parts are more difficult so i think physics and theology marrying Mm-hmm. Those two together, yeah. um, <clears throat> being, as you say, divergent topics, I think it's just a, it's always excited me, you know. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of Christians, you know, they have a grasp of one or the other, but they're not really sure how to put the pieces together. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. W- without, you know, either Christians think they have to be a good theologian and therefore sort of uh, dispense with science, or as they get into mm. science, they think they have to throw their faith away. So I think what mm, you're doing is absolutely. really is mm. really important. Mm, I um, do too, yeah. Now, I just want to step back for a moment. Cause, um, it says on your website that you run a research facility in the Lakes District in the UK. Mm. Um, so I'm wondering uh, if you could give our listeners a sense of what happens there on a typical day. Mm, mm. So, so, <clears throat> um, so um, yeah, so I feel like... Um, you know, it, following in the footsteps of the great minds, mm-hmm. you know, it's 
When you're wrestling with some of the biggest and most fundamental questions in faith or science, I feel like you need to follow in the footsteps of the great thinkers. For, you know, like Albert Einstein, he didn't, he wasn't, you know, he was at a university, surrounded by thinkers, yeah. Yeah. research, literature, mm. all that kind of thing. And I think that helps. You know, that's just that, that, that's just helpful. You know, all the great thinkers. You know, um, other other great thinkers like, um, uh, you know. Um, yeah, you know, there are lots of them that, you know, had this kind of thing. So so I've been working hard to develop that kind of kind of setup as well. So what I do first is I wake up generally and I just I tend to go straight downstairs and feed all my cats. Um you know, you know, feeding my feeding my cats it sets my day up well and it, it's kind of the first thing I I always do. Um <clears throat> you know, as a, as a, there's an old English saying that goes uh, if you feed your cats, they stay alive. So I've always I've always kind of stuck to that, and then I and then I usually get myself a, a coffee and and uh, and half a watermelon. Um, uh, I read on the internet the other day that if you eat half a watermelon a day, you uh, for breakfast it sharpens the mind. Hmm. And I think I couldn't, I, I you know, tidbits like that that just come to you over the internet. I think it just uh, almost sacrament. You just live, need to live by them. So I've embraced that. It's given me terrible wind at the moment, but uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like, like, like any great science or fa- person of faith, you've got to stay dedicated to the cause, which I am doing. Um, so um, then I usually log on and check my book sales. I'm having this. I just, I, I, it's probably the same for you, Matt. Probably daily you check your book sales, and it's a thing. I think that it's not like a narcissistic thing. It's just a just a way of making sure that my thoughts are being absorbed by people. And um, you know, I've had this problem with that. I keep. I'm gonna have to contact the publisher because there's some. I think there's some zeros missing off the off the book hmm. sales. So I'll. Hmm. Anyway, that's the idea. So yeah. So uh, that. So I have a, I have a setup where well, I have I have books. Um, I have a, I have the internet obviously because for me the internet is a is a mine. Of 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 oh the stuff you find on the internet it's just unbelievable so it's, it's fantastic um, and um, and then my friend Dave comes over who's uh, who who likes to um, um, sit with the cats and me and we we talk about stuff and, and we and we really wrestle and I you know I think for me it's like you know <clears throat> you know there are, you, you hear in the past of these great these great scientists and great great thinkers they're, they're not yeah. alone you know they're, they're not they're not hermits they they they, they interact and, and yeah. I think my friend Dave's given me that sense of um, challenge you know? yeah and I, and I think we all need those sort of intellectual sparring partners to to sharpen our our ideas so that we don't end up with something kind of weird and wacky uh, off to the side the, of, of the field and where the conversation is happening in our in our discipline absolutely absolutely you know when Paul's writing his letters he could he could talk to the disciples you know yeah now now to your book uh, the Apostle Paul multiverse theory and the journey of the inner soul um First of all, actually, I meant to ask you before this, uh, this before the interview, but I, um, I, could, I didn't see a publisher listed in the pre-publication copy you mailed me. So, so where can our listeners find this, and you know, where, who's mm. who's it published with? Mm. So, so again, this for me, so there are some things that the, the the mind of the human develops, which I think are just unbelievable. And the for me again, I've talked about it before. The internet, it's just it, mm. it just is this fantastic thing. So, I was able to get what I think is the biggest publisher in North America to get my book published, mm. which I am just. I couldn't believe it when it when it was when I was able to get that that that, mm. that happened. Wh- which one was that? So that's Amazon dot com. So I was able to re- approach them and and then, right. and then get my work mm. listed with them and uh, and now you can go up there and you can you can extend that you can download it uh, and you can get you know uh, that that there. So that's, that's right. Really good. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize. Um, uh, for moving on then, for our listeners who aren't familiar, what is multiverse theory and how does it connect to the Apostle Paul? Right. Again, 
a very, very good question. Hmm. Um, give me two seconds. <laughs> the multiverse, or meta-universe, is a hypothetical set of various possible universes, including the universe which humans live in. Okay? You fo- mm-hmm. Are yeah. you following, yeah? <clears throat> I, I think yep. so. <laughs> Together, these universes comprise everything that exists. Like everything, the entirety of space, time, matter, energy, and physical laws, and the constants that describe them. Mm-hmm. This miscellaneous, dis- distinct universes within the multiverse are called the parallel universes, mm-hmm. other universes, or alternative universes. Um, hold on, there's a little bit, a bit more here. The structure of the universe, the nature of each universe within it, and the relationships among these universes vary from one metaverse. Mm-hmm. multiverse hy- hypothesis to another isn't that amazing it kind of makes your mind just to go oh yeah yeah you know? yeah mind-blowing yeah <clears throat> you know yeah definitely and and i think i mean part of the challenge for so a lot of our listeners are they know a bit about biblical studies but they might not know the physics that you just described or that you read and and so how if you were to put that in in terms for the average person you know uh how would you describe multiverse theory absolutely so you know people think you know to be be taken seriously and to be seen as and be Mm -hmm. able to affect something like physics and something like the multiverse you think people uh, again people just think you have to go to school you have to go to university or college in america Mm -hmm. you have to you know then study under somebody who knows what they're doing and then you get a phd and all this kind of stuff the internet is there again? I'm going to go back to this. The internet is there as a valuable mm-hmm. resource. There are websites all over the place. Right. But if I could, if I could just step in for a moment, how would you describe multiverse theory for the average person, like just so they yeah, can well, understand it? That, that's what I was getting at. Just give me a second. Yep. The internet has examples which are accessible. Mm. There's a there's a great example. So one thing you've got to get your head around is infinity. Okay. Yeah. The best example of this is if you get good a, luck with that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll try. The 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 um there's a great great thing you can think about right imagine in your mind Matthew mm-hmm. that there is an infinite number number of monkeys so think of the biggest number you can think of and just make it more okay now if they were each given um, access to a single typewriter and they mm-hmm. sat together this infinite uh, yeah. number of monkeys around yeah. the single typewriter eventually they would be able to make the works of Shakespeare by chance mm-hmm. that in itself is infinity so if you apply that to our universe is one thing. Imagine our universe is like an orange, okay? Mm-hmm. Now imagine an infinite number of oranges in a basket. Mm-hmm. That's all the different universes. Yeah, I that's can't. The, <laughs> okay. That's the difficulty. Well, mm-hmm. in saying that, I actually, I'm going to be, you know, these things, putting your thoughts in the public domain is a danger, isn't it, Matt? You've yeah. come up with a theory, yeah. but I, I'll be honest with you, I struggled a little bit too, so what I did is I decided to rather than aim for infinity, which is quite a big number, right. um, I've just gone with three. What, what, sorry, just a pause there for a moment because this is really helpful and interesting what do you mean you just went with three because if there are infinite you know if there's an infinite number of alternative universes how do you just go with three well again the bible straight from the bible for me mm-hmm. you know it was it was three or seven you know being the holy numbers i just mm-hmm. i just thought Seven, I still... Look, why don't we start at three? If I get my head around three different universes, right. um, then I can move on to seven, and then, obviously, then straight on to infinity. So, so, you, so, so you do believe there are an infinite number of multiple universes, but you're going with three. Exactly. You know... Okay. Um, what, I, what do you mean you're going with three? Well... Could you just unpack that a little you bit? You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. take, for example, the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people could say that's almost an infinitive number of pages in it. 
you know. Whereas what you could do is take one verse uh-huh. and that's it. That's all you need, sort of thing. So for me, um, I've similarly done the same. I just I just thought you know the Trinity is three. Mm-hmm. And God made the Trinity, mm-hmm. so why can't I use the same number to pick three universes and then sort of work through that to get my head around how on earth, how yeah. how on earth is there like more than one universe? Because that's a bit, you know, a little bit bonkers. But I, I you know, that's that's my wrestle, and that's the reason why I'm writing this book really to explore, mm. you know, how three multiverses. Right. Okay. So kind of would, would kind of would work. Yeah, so, I, I think I'm beginning to grasp that. I might need, you know, I might need a little convincing, but I'm not a physicist, so it's hard for me to. You know, you know, dispute the science. Like I always say, there's always time to be a physicist. You know? <laughs> yeah. With the internet, right. Google physics, and but, but I mean, you you, know. you did a PhD, so surely you see a place for formal education in there, right? Oh no, no, I did, uh, no. Sorry, there's always a bit confusing. I, I didn't do a PhD. Mm. Um, um, the reason that I when I was uploading my book to Amazon, there mm. was a drop down box that they wanted my name, mm-hmm. and I've always thought of people like um, uh, Doctor Doctor Doolittle or Doctor Phil. Um, you know that that it just makes it makes people take you seriously, and I want to be taken seriously. So I just uh, I just decided to go for a doctor rather than Mister. Um, you know, and uh, and so that's why I did that because you know, and like I said to you before, you know that 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 is a traditional journey of mm. of discovery. But you know, Einstein never did a PhD. Okay, yeah. Um, let's let's uh, park that for a moment. Okay, so is the idea that right now? we exist in parallel universes but might be having slightly different conversations wow um matthew that is a fantastic i would if i could be so bold as to say inspired question hmm. you know and, and to be honest in answer to your question it's questions like like that that move forward our understanding of these hugely complex issues yeah. great so what uh, just to go back to my actual question, then, is the idea that we exist in parallel universes? No idea. To be honest, and this again goes back to the kind of you know, with any theory, it's a work in progress. You know, and I think I think I've I think I've quite, I don't think I've quite managed to uh, get um, uh, sort of get my head around it. To be honest, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've experienced this. You, you know, you're mm-hmm. in the process. I think of writing a book. Yeah. Um, uh, and and um, you know you, you know you you put in a whole chapter you know and you mm-hmm. think you know that in the end you, you read it back and you know you kind of go you know that doesn't make sense so I think so so yeah you know it will make do you know one day that chapter will make sense but in the short term I, I took it out to be honest um, candid mm. okay so so part of the the case you want to make is that Christians need to develop spirituality and oh, yes. multiversality. Mm. So, uh, first of all, I wasn't quite sure what you meant uh, in developing multiversality because I don't see it as something that we actually have control over. If we exist in parallel universes, we can't do a whole lot about that. So, mm. how, do, how do you actually cultivate that or develop that? What does that look like in practical terms for you? Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. So, I think... For, uh, in this area, mm-hmm. I think we all need to to search out what that means for us as individuals. I think that, uh, you know, for me, the spirit... You yeah, know, but having done that searching, what did you find? Um, the search... Um, yeah, so so I think... For me, okay, uh, the, 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 the work of the, the spirit 
for me, mm-hmm. is a thing in which potentially you could break up and you could have multi spirits. Mm-hmm. So that, that you know, just that, just think about that for a second. Like the multiverse, um, maybe we could look at having multi spirits in the sense of like you know, um, you know, there are there are. Let's take let's take an example of the Bible. Let's go back to the Bible, which I think is a, is a good practice. Um, the fruits of the spirit. Yeah, there are twelve fruits of the spirit. Uh, but twelve. N- n- yeah, tw- so okay. no one can do them all. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not possible. You know, so I think you know, and this and this same for me. This model has worked for me. I go for three. Okay, mm-hmm. three fruits of the spirit. So you know, with the spirit, why not just choose three elements of the spirit? And uh, you know, and you can again, you can see the pattern of the three appearing for me. Here. So, you know. but something you said there kind of caught my attention. I, I, I want mm, to drill down <laughs> on it for a moment. Yeah. Um, you said that you would talk about multiple spirits. What, what does that mm. do for the doctrine of God when you have multiple spirits? The doctrine of, of the Trinity and one God, monotheism. Like, how does it affect mm. that doctrine when you're there? You know, when you're talking about multiple spirits and mm. presumably uh, multiple Jesuses too, right? Well, there's a question for you, Matt. You know, there's a question for all of us. You know, it just did. Did Jesus just come to our? version of the multiverse mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you know so the question and answer your question mm. answer yeah. my question with a question right well that's the great challenge for all of us isn't it you know mm-hmm. there are no answers yeah but well, I mean, no, you're, there are you're, some there are some answers yeah but you're but, writing but, you're you write, when you write a book on it I, I feel like you know you have to have something you conclude yeah. on the basis well, of even if your conclusions are preliminary right, so so what is that really what we want books to do? Do we really want a books to mm. answer our questions? Mm. Apparently yeah. not. Well, um, you know. So how does how does understanding multiverse theory help us understand Paul and vice versa? Like, how do these two relate mm. to each other? Because I'm still not, you know, I'm not seeing the connections yet, but I'm sure mm. they're there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, for me originally, it was going to be it was going to be like the, the the marrying of the physical and and physics with with um with Jesus, but. Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's been quite a lot of attention on Jesus, really. So I thought I'd go for mm-hmm. the, sort of the number two. Go for go for go for Paul. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and 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 so when I looked at it, you know, what mm-hmm. jumped out at me? I mean, and to say the Bible is a living thing it jumped out at me was um, mm-hmm. uh, the verse where it says, "I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven." Mm-hmm. And again, I was like, Poof. "Yeah, third heaven, third, sorry, third, and." Mm-hmm. That was a massive reinforcement of my, of my idea of just starting with three multiverses. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. look, look at it, you know, you've got, you got one, two, three, Trinity, three, third yeah. heaven. So, you know, I found a really, I found a fantastic article on, um, on uh, I don't know whether you've heard, there's a website on the internet you can go. Mm. It's called Wikipedia. It's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. It's, it's like a. That's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's people very, talk I think about, most people know that. Yeah, yeah. Talking about the, the, talking about the kind of the, the loss of the great library. You know, we, we, the, mm-hmm. the, the, civilization is more than the loss of the Great Library. Yeah, but if I could just it. jump jump in we have for it. a moment, if we could yeah. get Sorry, back to Absolutely. to uh, the the question of the. So you you talk about the third heaven, yes, and you're making a link yes. to three alternative universes. Absolutely. Let me I, go, let me talk. No, no, don't worry. I've got to let me walk you through it. So Jesus is going to bring forth the kingdom of heaven onto uh-huh. earth. Mm-hmm. One. Then we have the normal heaven where you go. Mm. Two. And then this third heaven, I was just like, do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I, I, th- I kind of feel like that's all really kind of 
quite clear. Yeah, but does I, that make sense? It's kind of it's self self evident. If I, I but I think for a lot of our listeners, myself included, we're going to look at that and say, you know, when Paul talks about the third heaven, or the the Old Testament talks about the uh, the highest heavens, that you're, you're dealing with ancient cosmology, so. A, a view of the world that we no longer share because of modern physics, precisely because of modern physics. So how do you use those texts, which are de- are assuming an ancient cosmology, and then and then derive modern physics from that? Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think there, Matthew, if I may say, you've made a fundamental flaw. Because what you've done there is you've put your weight of argument with cosmology. Mm-hmm. I don't think reading star signs and deciding whether you're an aerial or you know, a vertigo or whatever it is, it actually helps with this conversation. No, I'm not, I'm not, by cosmology, I'm just talking about view of the world. I'm not talking about astrology. Right. So you think, okay, right. Yeah, we could, we could, we could leave that point. It's maybe just well, a I question. Think, I, I think, you know, you, know, that, you know what? I am always open to questions, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like that's probably, yeah. we've done, we should move on because we, I think, I think, yeah. I think your listeners, you, if, if you're not quite, you know, mm. If you're not quite there, and you've got one of those, you've got one of those minds. I assume Matthew, because mm. you've got again, like me, you're a doctor. Um, you, you know, you're always going to wrestle. You know, you're always yeah, going to be thinking yeah. this through deeply. And mm. whereas probably most of your listeners just can accept it. My theory straight off. You know, I doubt that that you know that that you know in depth as it were. Mm. You, know, you know. So on page two forty five, you make a joke that mm. for many Christians they'd rather traverse multiverses in Paul's letter to the Romans than allow their soul to traverse multiverses in the scientific sense of the term. And uh, oh, sorry, so you've lost me. Just let me let me read that again. Sorry, I have to it, it, go okay. again. You said on page two forty five that for many Christians they'd rather traverse multiverses in Paul's letter to the Romans than allow their soul to traverse multiverses in the scientific sense of the term. So. I have to confess, I got a bit lost trying to grasp what you mean when you're talking about our soul traversing multiverses. So, um, ha- yeah, sorry, could you unpack I, that idea for us? Yeah, and hold on, I'm just a bit lost. Give me two seconds. I'm just trying to grasp what you mean. Page two forty-five. Um, <clears throat> um, so, um, well, okay, yeah. No, th- this for me. Um, mm-hmm. So, I read a book. Um, well. I, well, I went on the internet and I found this website, okay, mm-hmm. called um, physicsandgodexplained.org. Mm-hmm. And I went on there and there's this guy um, mm-hmm. who lives, uh, a very interesting guy. He lives in Arizona. He lives in the ground because mm. he, he built this bunker yeah. in the ground in Arizona. Anyway, um, he had photos and everything. It was really strange. Anyway, um, he's got this theory. And I, what, so what I did is I, I kind of, I felt his theory was really strong. So I copied mm-hmm. and pasted this section of his website into my book. Because I felt that he had explained it better than I did, and so, um, so I think, so I think maybe, maybe I can come back to you on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe in the next podcast we do, I could, yeah, uh, I could just maybe come back. We'll ask the guy in the ground, <laughs> um, so to speak. Well, yeah, well, yeah, it's in my book, so really, it's something I, of course, I understand. Right. So I'll, I'll just need to, um, I'll just, you know, just just some questions. Yeah, when you write a work like this, mm-hmm. I just don't think you can be, you can guarantee the ability to just. Mm. have everything right there you know yeah, so many yeah. pages you know and, and, and well it, it comes from so many different sources like like the bible itself i, yeah. I do think so. yeah if i could if i could just jump in for yeah. a moment um just to kind of go back to the title of your book so we could mm. at least operate that level you, you talk about the idea that the soul uh, the journey the inner journey of the soul so mm. we've got two pieces so far that you've you know, kind of helpfully brought together with the, mm. the multiverse theory and then yeah, Paul going um, and mm. the, knowing this guy who went up to the third heaven. So what is that journey of the soul and, and what does that look like for 
for um, for Christians. Mm, mm. So, I think. Where do I start? The Bible is full of uh, symbology and metaf- metaphors, and you know that kind of stuff. And I just think mm-hmm. that, you know, <clears throat> Paul's journey mm-hmm. is our journey. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And I think when it comes to the soul, mm-hmm. yeah, the journey, you know, that that the soul goes on mm-hmm. is 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 just a really amazing journey. You know, yeah, much like yeah. Paul's journey. So I think, and Jesus went on a journey. Mm-hmm. Moses went on a journey. You know, mm-hmm. um, the guys who the, the who are the um, the guys who went to um, the disciples. Uh, sorry, the disciples. Uh, yep. Again, I wasn't thinking of them. I was thinking of the guy who were the guys who went to um, Egypt and they had to get out. The Israelites. The Israelites. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Was, so the Israelites talking about a journey for them. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, and their yeah. journey. You know, so so that's 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 really the answer. Mm-hmm. Is that is that the soul? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a journey. Goes on a journey. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm um, glad. I'm going to see. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, that's good. Um, so what do you think uh, are some of the other practical implications of your book uh, for, for our listeners who are trying to think about, like, maybe they're in science, maybe they're scientists, mm. um, and they're thinking, how, does, how can I be a good scientist and, and also uh, a person of faith? What, what would you recommend? Well, I mean, it's, for me, it depends on what kind of science, because, mm-hmm. you know, um, some some. Sci- some science is um, uh, merges mm-hmm. with the Bible beautifully, mm-hmm. and to be honest, some science I'm not so sure. So I think I think I think you know. All right. So what's an example of a science that doesn't merge well with the Bible, and, and mm. what's an, exam- an mm. example of a science that does? Well, absolutely. I mean, because the Bible is is completely literal, th- th- there's always that tension, you know, that real mm-hmm. tension between the sciences of, you know. Um, uh, evolution and all these, all those kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, these people who think that the, the, the Genesis is some sort of poetic collection of verses written by some sort of, you know, priests and sort of like, you know, the Bible, the Bible is what it is. We've mm-hmm. got to, we've got to work with it. And so, you know, these scientists who bring out these rocks, these, these these old rocks, you know, well, who put the rock there? If you know what I mean. So I think for uh, I think for me, there's, there's some sciences we just need to say, Wait, okay, you, you're saying good that. for you, but you know, so 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 you believe the Earth is is six thousand years old? Uh, no, I believe the Earth is uh, three thousand years old. Huh. Yeah, I guess I, <clears throat> that's probably a topic for a whole another mm. whole another podcast. But, yeah, um, so that's that's another book I'm I'm working on. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, on next is uh, I think the people who, who have picked out 6,000 I think they've just not got that right so mm. I, I'm more mm. around the three yeah. um, although again I was on the internet the other day and uh, and I was reading on this forum and I really was struck by the fact that uh, um, it could even be shorter than that you know there was one guy he was talking about this theory about 1,500 years old and I was just like that's just that's quite close you know i think six is better mm. three is really better but mm. you know but he, he had this photo this this thing that uh, he'd found in in the woods while he was out walking and he just you know just like well you know i'm open to that kind of thing you know so that's my encouragement what's, to all but of you what's your there. process for sifting through all those sites because some of them yeah. are, are based so, on really poor research right absolutely and it's like you know but you go into a library you'll find a different way of finding stuff so for me I like to call it my treasure hunt, mm-hmm. you know. 
So, so I might as well dress as a pirate while I did this, to be honest. It's so much fun. I just go on the internet and I Google and I look for something. And I, what I think, it, so my rule of thumb is the longer the domain name, I think has more value. Hmm. Okay? okay. So when you go to sites like Bible.com, it's like, come on, guys, Bible.com. If you go to um, something that actually has an expression like um, the earth is flat or the earth is 8,000 years old.com, mm-hmm. all these kind, I think someone's really been inspired to come up with a, a URL like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, cnn.com, you know, what, what, it's like, what is that? You know, the truth will, you can find the truth.com. These kind of like, you know what I mean? So I mm. first look, look at that, okay. and then I look at um, how busy the site is. You know, these sites that are kind of like modern and, you know, minimal and all that kind of stuff, that means no one's put many thought into it. it. These sites that have got moving things and multiple menus and, you know, all sorts of, that's where mm-hmm. I think the real the real gems are when mm-hmm. I go on my treasure hunts. Mm-hmm. So, so as you sift through all that, you know, what a lot of people consider junk, you find treasures. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Who are, we to do? Who are we to say one theory's stupid and the other one's bang on? Hey? But isn't that part of the scientific process, those de- making those kinds of decisions? Well, see, for me, when I have these kind of decisions, I lean more towards my faith than mm-hmm. my scientific mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I treat mm-hmm. my brain like two minds, sort mm-hmm. of merged together. You know, they mm-hmm. say there's a left and a right-hand side, mm-hmm. so I, I think that... Actually, for me, it's more like two brains merged, and mm-hmm. so I think that, um, you know, you've got to... And you've got to choose one. You know, you've got to choose, you've got to choose one part of your brain to yeah. say, you know what, right. on this one... I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to yeah. I'm going to open myself up to be I'm going to open up open up my my thought processes, my mind mm. to be open to that kind of thing. Yeah. Know? Well, this has been uh, really something. Uh, I wanted to thank you first mm. of all for taking the time to do this interview. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Professor you Schlatz, and thank you. Thank no you very problems much. at all. So, and, my, uh, my book's available on Amazon.com and on Amazon.uk. And I want to wish you a very happy April Fool's Day. Happy April Fool's Day. You have been listening to OnScript, delectable conversations on scripture and theology. If this episode has brought you inner peace or lit your biblical fire, please consider a small donation of just 2 or $5 per month. Information on how to donate can be found at onscript.study slash donate.